Hi, I'm Craig, and this is episode 66 of the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today I'm going to be doing a review of several hostel booking websites. Linda would love to be with us today, but her throat has completely stopped making noise. Uh, She picked up a cold a little while ago, and she's completely lost her voice. So you're stuck with me for the next 15 minutes, but I hope that's going to be okay. We're in Hastings this week. We just finished up our time in Bilbao in Spain and uh, flew over yesterday morning. It was quite a big Friday night with some friends, so the early morning flight into England wasn't the most comfortable. Uh, We're going to be spending some time here in the southeast, then traveling around visiting family in England and Scotland. And there's plans to head back to the southern hemisphere around September, so um, we'll be changing continents again. Haven't done that for quite a while. Our affiliate of the week this week is Hostelbookers.com, but since we're doing a review of hostel booking websites, let me tell you more about them later in the show. And there is quite a lot to cover, so let's go. In June last year, we reviewed the different hostel booking sites that we used. We outlined what we thought were their pros and cons, and we suggested that Hostelworld.com and Hostelbookers.com were the best websites to use when booking hostels online. Since then we've covered hosteling several times with tips on getting a good night's sleep, packing ideas, and things like that. So, have a look through the archives if you're looking for those. And now, 12 months on, we want to look at those reviews again and take a fresh look at them. We're going to structure our reviews around three categories this time. We've got booking features, the hostels listed, and other features. What else does the site have to offer us? So let's get started with the smaller sites before tackling the big two. Last year we reviewed gomeo.com, a Europe-specific hosteling site, so let's take another look. You can search using an interactive map on the homepage or by using standard search features. The site wins out with no booking fee, but it loses on the default search settings of one night, one bed. The hostel listings are quite useful. They show availability before and after your chosen date. However, they only allow you to sort the results by price and by ranking. In other news, they've been claiming that they're about to revamp their website for a long time now, and it desperately needs a big facelift if it's going to become more appealing. That said, they do offer country and city guides, plus an articles section which covers various topics. But I haven't found that section very easy to navigate through. Our conclusion? Although we've been travelling primarily in Europe, Gomeo's niche market they've pretty much fallen off of our radar. They might suit you perfectly, but we're happy enough without them. Next, let's look at hihostels.com. This is the portal for the international organization Hosteling International, also known as YHA, YHI, and a couple of other acronyms. Booking features on the site? HI Hostel only allows you to book sites in their network but it does offer a useful array of search functions to help locate them. The homepage doesn't make a quick search easy though, it seems like there are a lot of fields to fill out before you get anywhere. Extra fields include questions like how many males and how many females are in your party. Hostel listings? Obviously the site only lists hostels that are owned or managed by YHA, so they're rather limited. In some areas, however, those are the only real choices when it comes to hosteling, so it fits into its niche well. HIHostels.com packs some surprises because many HI hostels are not available online, so they only appear on this site. 
And unlike many sites, they also provide full contact details, including phone numbers and where available email addresses for the hostels. If you're a member of Hostling International, you may get discounted rates at the places listed here. If you're not a member, you may not be able to stay, although you can normally buy a one-night membership um, or a full membership at the desk. The site offers a travel shop, guides and reviews, but what really caught my attention was the iPhone app. HI Hostels is the only site in our reviews with a dedicated iPhone application, which I think is pretty sexy. So if anyone's used the app on the new iPhone, then let us know what it's like. In conclusion, if you can't find accommodation using a more general hostel booking site, then check HI Hostels just in case you find something that isn't available online. The third site we're going to look at is Hostels.com. That's HostelZ.com. Booking features is a one-field search form where you write in the city, um, and that brings you onto the listings. I personally find the listings a little annoying. Instead of giving you live prices, they give you a price range, and you have to investigate each hostel uh, to find out the prices for your dates. So that puts me off. Hostels doesn't have any additional materials that I could find, like guides or anything like that. But it's probably the most outspoken of all the sites we talk about today, because they don't allow censorship on any of the reviews posted on their site. Um, So none of the, the really scathingly negative reviews are removed. So, in conclusion, I really like the review section, and if a place looks at all suspect, then I often head there to uh, to check the reviews. Uh, hostels' cost is very important to us, so the inability to see live prices from the start um, slows down the research process for me far too much. Before I move on, I want to mention a new site that's just been launched. It's called tfthostels.com. And it attempts to do a price comparison at several major hostel booking sites, and then gives you a side-by-side comparison. It's kind of like Skyscanner for hostels. I've only had a brief look around and done some dummy searches. And having done that, I recommend you search for both the city and the country, as I got some mixed results looking for some places. Uh, From the search results, you can click through to a site like Hostel World or Hostel Bookers to actually complete your purchase. So tfthostels.com is a site that we'll be keeping an eye on. Let's move on and talk about those two sites, Hostel World and Hostel Bookers. Hostelworld.com's booking features have uh, search features on the homepage and a drop-down list of countries in alphabetical order. The default search setting is set to three nights and two people, which often works well for us. It's got a top hostel section so you can see what's hot, and Hostel World probably has the nicest looking homepage of any of the sites we're reviewing today. The search results in the hostel listings are quite busy, which make it difficult to skim read. There's no quick reference. However, you can sort by a variety of things, which makes it very easy to go through your options. The listing pages themselves are complete, however. Hostel World's the only site which allows you to pay by PayPal, which is great for me, as I use PayPal quite a bit. However, when we first booked using it, I got an email that said, Because you've used a PayPal account to book, you'll need to contact the property on the date of your arrival, before 12 o'clock midday, if you intend to arrive after that time. Failure to contact the property may result in the cancellation of your booking. What? What a waste of time. I need to call the hostel to confirm the booking which I've just paid for. That is mental. It's like how you used to have to call an airline to confirm you were getting on the flight which you'd just paid 2000 bucks for. 
I really don't understand why PayPal has been so well integrated into the site and then treated like a second-class payment method. I mean, if you've paid by credit card, you don't need to contact the hostel before 12 o'clock midday. Forget it, I'm not spending money calling a place which I've already booked. Hostel World also charge a per-booking fee which really puts me off. They have a membership program, a gold card, which takes that away for a yearly fee, and it allows you entrance to some other areas of the site where you can track where you've been and things like that. If you're booking more than half a dozen hostels a year, the price for the gold card works out. But they also give them away in various competitions and promotions throughout the year. Linda and I picked one up in a promotion near the end of last year, so you have to keep an eye on their site for opportunities. Hostel World has a great section with guides, podcasts, downloadable pocket guides and tours, so I really like their multimedia, and I say stay subscribed to their podcasts, which mainly feature on-location interviews with people around events and around cities. Um, they seem to appear rather randomly rather than on any kind of schedule. I love the added value that Hostel World provides in terms of media, but as an end user, I don't like their booking fee or their membership system. I really thought PayPal would be a decision maker for me since I use it so much and it feels much more secure than putting my credit card into other people's computers all the time at internet cafes. But, like I said, this double validation is a huge waste of time and it's put me off using the system at all. Thanks to a free gold card, over the last 12 months we've used Hostel World for about half of our bookings. Okay, on to hostelbookers.com, the last site we're going to look at today. The booking features has a drop-down list of all countries, like Hostel World does, um, but Hostel Bookers also has a top 10 list right at the top, which can significantly speed up your search if you're going to those countries. With Hostel Bookers, as with Hostel World, you choose your country, then your town through drop-down lists. When you get through to the booking end of things, however, there's no booking fee here. In terms of the listings, we love the search results that Hostel Bookers give us. I think that's what keeps bringing us back to them. They show lots of information and also have good sorting systems. You can see if hostels have private rooms as well as dorms, uh, what's included, like sheets, lockers, Wi-Fi, and of course their rating. Hostel Bookers only shows hostels if they have availability on the dates that you selected, so this is great when your timetable's fixed but sometimes moving your dates by a few days can make more places show up. So in general, I like the way this declutters your search results, but sometimes I want to be able to see more options. One thing I like is that they use digital maps to plot hostel locations around the city. This can be great if you want to be near a certain place, and it also gives you an idea of how far things are from each other. When you put the mouse over each one, it pops up with the price, which is really useful. In the other section, Hostel Bookers doesn't have the design looks that Hostel World manages, but their guides also have good content. They have a travel news and an event section. Hostel Bookers has started to release hostel review videos on YouTube, so I guess they'll be integrated with the site in the future. It would be nice to have them on a podcast feed so we can watch them in iTunes or in Miro. One thing we found was that sometimes hostels were more expensive on Hostel Bookers than they were listed on Hostel World despite saying you can't find this cheaper on any other site. However, after you add in the booking fee or the yearly membership subscription for the gold card, then the prices do tend to work out. It would be nice to have some way to kind of report that in, that you have found a cheaper quote. In conclusion, 
Great search results and no booking fee make Hostelbookers the site that we keep returning to. We've used them for about 50% of our bookings over the last year. This has been a pretty content-heavy episode, so I want to sign off soon. But before I do, we did pit Hostel World and Hostel Bookers against each other in a London cage match. Uh, we chose a few dates and we searched for London to find what was available. Hostel World came up with 71 different places, hostels and budget hotels. Hostel Bookers, on the other hand, only came up with 25. So Hostel Bookers turned up with a lot less hostels. However, they were ones that we would actually choose to go to. Um, having had a look around Hostel Bookers, it seems that they continuously check their hostels and they deselect those that don't meet their quality assurance purposes. So I find that to be quite a nice backstop. Okay, I guess there's one final thing to mention, and that's that Hostel Bookers allows you to book many different types of room with one booking. So you can, you know, continue to add on rooms as you plot out your itinerary and then put it all together in one booking. Um, With other sites at the moment, it seems that after you book each room, you need to start the whole process again, so you're doing multiple entry of your details. Okay, I think that's it. That brings us to the end of our Hostel Booking Review. Last year, we announced that our favorite site was hostelbookers.com, but like I said, late in 2007 and through the beginning of 2008, We've found ourselves using Hostel World more and more. Um, at the moment, we're likely to search on both and then have a look at if there's any price differences. When our Hostel World gold card expires, I don't think we'll get it renewed. When I book hostels, I'm really interested in the ease of the booking experience and the final price. Um, although I subscribe to Hostel World's podcasts, I don't tend to download written guides or anything like that. So I'm not going to get that um, that gold card renewed, but paying with PayPal is wonderful. If I could get around that thing saying I have to call before midday um, on the site, so it would be nice to have someone to really do that properly. What sites do you use? Where are you booking your hostels? Is it one of these places? If so, what do you think? And if not, what are you using? Because Blinda and I book hostels all the time. So we're always looking for something else, something new. We'd love to hear your thoughts by email, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com, or by leaving a comment on the site. There's also a comment form there. So I really hope you found these reviews useful. Uh, We use them often, like I said. Uh, We're trawling through cyberspace for the best deal in the bed. The Indie Travel Podcast has, in the last couple of months, arranged affiliate deals with both Hostel World and Hostel Bookers. Uh, We did that because they're the sites that we use all the time. So if you are booking a hostel, please take the time to click through the ads or the links on our site first, and we pick up a small commission which keeps us running. So having done this review, we've just switched over most of the links from our one-minute reviews and things like that to hostel bookers, because I think the lack of a booking fee is a great advantage for you. Um, there's still a link to Hostel World on our shop page if that's your preference. Although we're doing reviews of products and services we sell on the site, we've been doing that for about the last month now, um, I hope you don't feel like we're selling out. We certainly don't. If something isn't working, we'll say it. We're not going to give you a bum review just to try and make a couple of bucks on commission. We haven't yet accepted any free accommodation on our trips or any free trips themselves. 
And when we've been given gear or equipment to review, we've told you honestly and up front. So we'll keep doing that. And we're going to do that for several reasons. Firstly, travellers are this big, loosely held together community, and we're part of that. We're not kind of sitting in an office trying to plan out a business plan. We're actually part of the community, so we need to help each other out, not try and suck everyone's blood. Uh, Secondly, we're travellers too. So we know the value of good first-hand advice and how often it's helped us out. So the ideas that you send into us help us, and hopefully what we're putting out in the podcast and the articles on the site are really helping you too. And thirdly, although we've been transitioning the site to bring us some income, it's not our main breadwinner, it's not our main job. It's much more of a hobby, and no one likes to poison a hobby. So I hope you continue to to listen, even though we're putting a bit of advertising on the site. And on the other hand, we'll promise never to promote something that we don't think is valuable. Let me take another minute of your time to polish things off with a bit of site news. Last week we said people were not so excited about the one-minute reviews, although we've had some good feedback on them too. So now we're offering four different flavors of the Indie Travel Podcast. These four feeds are available on almost every page of the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com. You'll see them at the top of the sidebar. So there are new feed options. The first is a plain RSS feed. This has got everything we publish. Articles, newsletters, site announcements, the show, the Travel Talks video. It's got absolutely everything. The second one is Features. Now, Features at the moment releases a Travel Talks video on Monday, an article on Wednesday, and on Friday, our main feature show. So you get three things a week. There's also a video feed, which only gives you the Travel Talks video, and there's an articles feed, which only gives you the articles. Obviously, you can't hear them on your iPod, so you'll need to be using a feed reader to get those. Everything but the articles feed has an RSS version which works in everything. Any feed reader, any podcatcher like the Zoom Marketplace, Miro, Google, uh, personalized homepages with Net Newswire, with Google Reader, anything. Uh, but each of the audio and video feeds also has an iTunes enhanced version. So there's a one click button there that says iTunes. If you click that, it will take you through to the iTunes store and you can click the subscribe button. If all of this sounds like technical mumbo-jumbo, then you can have a look in the subscribe page of the Indie Travel Podcast, and it's explained hopefully in quite clear language. All of the feeds are completely free, and they'll keep being free forever, so there's no worries there. Having said that, we're in the process of upgrading our web hosting so we can keep up with demand and expand out. Um, Our monthly costs of producing the show are going to be hitting up $20 a month. That's US dollars. So forgetting the 5 to 10 hours a week that we spend on the site, we tend to lose money on it month by month as it is. You can help us stay solvent by making a donation using PayPal or your credit card, or um, by buying your books, your gear, booking your travel, and booking your hostels through the links on our site. Uh, Where we can, we're looking to offer you discounts, like you can get 10% off shopping at Lonely Planet's online shop. So you can see deals like that on our shop page, and we'll mention things week by week with our Affiliate of the Week program. Above all, just want to say thanks for listening, 
Thanks for telling your friends about the show. Thanks for your emails. Thanks for all of your love. Thanks for all of your critique. And especially thanks for all of your travel ideas. You guys make making the Indie Travel Podcast really enjoyable. So I'll try and get Linda out of bed and filled up on cough syrup. And until next week, travel well. <laughs>